I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening? It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. It's Carl Dukes. Put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger. Of course, Jason Lockham for a part of this podcast as well. Guys, we're past free agency. Now the moves have not stopped. The moves will continue. But with that said, a couple things have happened. And Baldy, we got to take a look at one of the big deals that happened here. Last week, and that's Laramie Tunzel. Mm-hmm. Three years, $75 million with the Texans. Let's go back because people forget the Dolphins drafted him originally, and then they sent Tunzel to the Texans. Wide receiver Kenny Steele's a 2024th round pick, a 2021 six round pick to Houston. And that trade really was the essence of what the Dolphins have been able to do to help build their team. Meanwhile, Laramie Tunzel. Where is he at, Baldy, as far as offensive linemen, uh, tackles in the league? Where do you rank him? And is this a good deal for the Texans? You know, when Laramie Tunsil was coming out of Mississippi, he was – I thought he was the best player in the draft. And he was ready to be the first pick. And then, obviously, stuff broke, you know, the day of the draft, video, whatever. It sunk him to the 13th pick. Dolphins got a steal. Like, you watch Laramie Tunsil. First of all, he is a very conscientious player. He wants to be great. Now, he's stuck in a horrible situation, but it has not affected his play. Um, he is an elite player. You watch him against the elite players in this business. Watch him against Miles Garrett. He pitches shutouts against Miles Garrett. Um, he is a very, very player, a very good player, and he's a rock. And as much as there's this just this revolving door in Houston, Brandon Cook's out the door, their best receiver last year to Dallas. Like you just wonder, are they ever gonna just start building a core? Mm. Well, I mean, Larry Tunsil is that core, and he's just he's just that type of a player. I remember even when he was when Deshaun Watson was there and they were winning the division, like he was doing stuff in protection, pass protection, that I would look at and study and go, nobody else in this league can do this. Nobody else is literally a personal protector on the other side of Deshaun Watson, going from left tackle all the way across the formation and cleaning things up. Um, he he he's an elite player. He's got a, a very consistent set. You, you, If there's a knock, you might say, okay, there's too many little offside penalties, false starts. That 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 has been a problem with him. But other than that, it's hard to argue that um, he's not amongst the top three tackles in the business. So you talk about the Texans real quick. So Cooks is going to the Cowboys. They restructured his deal. Devin Singletary and Dalton Schultz, they signed these guys. And – you know, the thing about the Texans right now, the big question mark, Baldy, is well, who the hell is going to be the quarterback, right? I mean, obviously, 
whoever the, the Carolina Panthers don't pick is going to be the right. next guy. If it's Bryce, great. If it's CJ, whoever is going to be. But I don't know. Are they doing this backwards? You know, when you go out and you acquire guys that probably could help a winning team right now, given the marketplace, I see these moves with the Texans and I get it. You know, you, you still need guys to throw to. You still need guys to tote the rock. But I don't know. I'm looking at this and I'm going, we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Yeah. Well, we're going to, you know, we got to wait another month, you know, before the draft. And, you know, whether it's CJ or Bryce, you know, or whoever, um, I, I think they're going to, that's why, you know, D'Amico Ryans came in and said he likes his tackles. You know, and so, okay, yeah. whoever we draft, I was almost sending a message, like a big balloon out there to the, the NFL draft world. Like, listen, guys, our tackles are good. I like them. And he, like he put that out there, like literally day one as a head coach. And um, and so whoever comes in, they feel like, you know, they, they, you know, they drafted a rookie out of Texas A&M and will play left guard last year. They got some pieces up front. You get Schultz, who's a decent blocker, but he's a better receiver. Um, Devin Singletary will back up Damian Pierce. Mm -hmm. Pierce probably carried too much of the load. He's a really good player. Probably carried too much of a load last year. Wore down at the end of the season. But they feel like maybe they got their running back set. They got their tight end. They got pieces to the offensive line. Like, and then let's get our quarterback and let's just start, you know, getting some receivers in the draft. Like, I think that's kind of where they're at right now offensively. I want to stick with the Dolphins. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, it's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. We put new episodes out Tuesday and Thursday. As we get closer to the draft, we will be putting snippets out about certain players and things that we're thinking about. So make sure you stay tuned and subscribe so you can get that stuff that comes to you as we lead up to the NFL draft in April. All right. We were talking about this. The, the trade for Tunzel sets up the Dolphins because they got a 2020 uh, – we're going back, guys. 2020 first-round pick. 2021 first-round pick. A 2021 second-round pick. They also got out of that deal. Ultimately, it allowed them to go out and, you know, you acquire – uh, Tyreek Hill, and you look Bradley Chubb, they traded for. Baldy, the point is, if the Dolphins ever get over the hump, are we going to look back at this trade as the one that kind of set this in motion with the Tunzel deal? You know, you could you go through the list of some of the guys they drafted. I mean, it hasn't worked out. But, you know, they, they dipped into free agency. Obviously, both running backs, Raheem Mostert, Jeffrey Wilson Jr., all free agent signings. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb was a trade. You know, the, re the result is they've got you know, you go out and you get yourself Jalen Ramsey, all right, David Long. Like, this is a team that can compete. Like, you know, I, I feel good that this is uh, a group right now that, that can, is capable of winning the AFC East. They got to go do it. Yeah. Um, but they've got, you know, we'll see what the quarterback situation is. You know, I mean, obviously they went backwards when Tua went down last year. You know, maybe Taylor Heineke is a better backup than what they played last year, but it was a big problem. And I don't know that anybody can count on Tua playing 17 games and then the postseason. So you better be positioned at that place to, to be able to continue to win games. And they, they weren't able to do that last year. So I feel like the, the roster has just gradually improved. And right now, look, Byron Jones didn't play last year. They missed Byron Jones. And, mm. you know, I don't know if he's going to play again. But, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard right now, if you want to, if Vic Fangio wants to go play press man coverage and take your one or two receivers out, and Jalen can play tight ends and you know he can you can mix and match with these guys. Um, you, you you know you got Javon Holland back here just cleaning everything up. Like it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good in the back end. I want to see something from Bradley Chubb. I didn't okay. see anything from him last year. I didn't see much in Denver. 
But I want to see him look like the fifth pick in the draft because I know I've seen Jalen Phillips improve. Like that guy, I think, could be a real breakout star this year. Um, you watched him in the last couple of games last year. Like he was a, he was a very good player. And what they have inside, like they got a chance to be a top 10 defense, a top 10 offense, and, and win 12, 13 games. That's how I feel. Baldy, did they make the right decision, though, in picking up the fifth-year option? It's $23.2 million in 2024 for Tua. In the big scheme of things, how I see this is, and this sounds crazy, I know, to most of our, our viewers and folks that dig the podcast, they're like, it's not a lot of money, guys. I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy, but that investment is not 35 or $45 million where you're cap-strapped if something goes wrong with Tua. It's $23 million. If it doesn't work, Ultimately, you, you can move on after this fifth year and make a decision on whether you want to, you know, so that's how I'm viewing this. When people ask me if they did the right thing, it sounds like a lot of money, and it is to most of us. But in the quarterback world, Baldy, it's just not. No, it's affordable. And, you know, they, they you know they get another year to evaluate Tua. I mean, he still finished the season after the concussions and everything else. He still finished the season number one passer in, in, in the league. And Tyreek Hill was, was feasting. When he was there, I was in Baltimore week two, Carl, when, you know, uh, they came back on the Ravens and put up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and Tyreek and Waddle. I mean, it was it was scary what they were doing, you know, and then obviously the first concussion against Cincinnati, blah, all that stuff. But, um, you know, he fit like these guys loved him. They loved his leadership. They loved his accuracy. They loved uh, the way he played the position. Uh, there was nothing really not to like except for, you know, the really, you know, Serious concussions that he suffered, you know, within a couple of weeks of each other. And so it's a concern. His injury history is a concern. But, you know, they get another year to evaluate at an affordable price. And every game that he's in there, he gives them a good chance to win the game. Baldy, what are the Packers doing? I want to <laughs> shift gears here. Um, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, the Panthers general manager comes out and says, look, we made this move. We made the trade to become the number one overall pick to go get a quarterback, which we'll talk about in a second. What, well, are, the, what are the Packers doing? So free agency was last week, last Wednesday and Thursday, March 15th and 16th. Evidently, the Packers didn't get the memo. Maybe the, the 10th year in a row that free agency was on because they they literally did nothing. And then they lost some good players. You know, they lost Alan Lazard. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is out the door. And you just go, they probably lost their tight end, Robert Tanya. And you go, what? Like, they, this is how... You know, they're just so steadfast in building the team through the draft, which is fine. Everybody wants to hit in the draft picks, and they fit on a bunch of them. Aaron Jones in the fifth round was a steal. All that. Yeah. You go through. But, you know, they got seven number one picks on the defensive side of the ball. They played horrible last year. Um, they, they they couldn't tackle. They didn't stop the run. Um, I saw Jalen Hurts throw for 380 yards against them, or run for 360 yards against them. I'm sorry, th run for 360. I, I have to say that again. They ran – for 360 yards against Green Bay last year. I, I just don't know if you're – like, I, I, I've i been around, a you know, a Packer player or two the last couple of days. Like, you, if you're a Packer and you're like – you're watching Detroit sign, you know, cornerbacks and a safety and a running back and you're looking at what Minnesota is doing. You're looking at this league and you go, how do you compete if you're not trying to get better in March? Like, if you're – like, maybe you strike gold in the, in the draft, fine. But there's a lot of holes in this team right now. And if you're Jordan Love, you're going, wait a second. This is exactly what Aaron Rodgers was complaining about. Like, what are you surrounding me with? 
He won a Super Bowl. Aaron won his only Super Bowl when they were the number one offensive football, and they were six deep at wide receiver. You know, I mean, Donald Driver. And, you know, I mean, we go through the list of guys, you know, James Jones and all the guys they had. Like, they don't have anything like that out there. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're too, you know, their they're tackle that they pay a lot of money to has been hurt, you know, three years in a row. Like, I don't, they, it's Bakhtiari. just, like, it's just, Bakhtiari. Like, I just yeah. don't think you can really, like, if you look at just the teams in the Final Four, look at what Philly does in free agency every year. Look at what Kansas City did in free agency over the last few years and how they've, they rebuilt their wide receiver room in free agency last year. Those guys paid off. So I just think there's just been a drain of good players out of Green Bay. And they're not adding enough in there to go compete. It looks to me like Detroit and Minnesota have clearly passed them. And maybe to Chicago, and Lord knows that's like, you know, that's the worst thing any Packer fans could ever hear. <laughs> maybe Chicago is gaining ground on them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Listen, I, lo- I love what the Lions are doing. Um, and I also really think the foundation for what Ryan Poles is doing with the, with the Bears is kind of been set with this deal that they made and, and yeah. the commitment to Justin Fields. And now let's build it the right way, right? Let's go get these other pieces. And all of a sudden you're going to look up and the Bears are going to be really good. I I, I don't disagree with that, Baldy. I, the thing about the Packers, though, it's just kind of this assumption that it's going to work. And I don't know where that comes from, to your point. Like, we don't have to do anything in free agency. It's going to work. And you're like, but it's not. You're yeah. not winning chips in this window that has been open the last few years where you've gotten to the NFC Championship game. You've laid an egg. You've come up short. Think about it, guys. They scored 10 points against the 49ers in that game mm-hmm. they lost, right, a couple of seasons ago. Like, it's not supposed to be this way, and I don't know if it's any better now that we're looking at potentially Jordan Love being the guy to take over and what he's going to have as weapons and, and guys that he can throw the football to. I'm with you. I, I It makes no sense to me how they're going about their business. But, but, but they've been going – this is how they've been going about their business. Like, I understand, like, you want to invest in your players. That's that's a solid strategy. And if you can draft well, it's – Take, it's take care of your guys, right, first. But, you know, there's an opportunity to go get some good players in free agency. And I'm not saying, like, go overspend and go crazy. But, you know, I, I think they could use an upgrade on the offense line. I, I know they can use an upgrade at receiver. Yeah. I know they can use an upgrade at tight end. You know, there's a lot of guys that train that, that change teams. Uh, you know, I, you know, the, a couple of years ago, they went and they got themselves to Darius Smith and Preston Smith. And it looked like, okay, and that made a difference. Their defense improved with those guys. And they had, uh, you know, a good year or two right there together. And it made a difference. Um, but, you know, to just sit on the sidelines when your best player's gone, the best receiver's gone, your best tight end is gone, and say to Jordan Love, all right, here's the keys. Like, it's just, you know, to me, like, I don't know what, this is not the year to sit on the sidelines. Yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. We go inside the NFL. Uh, all the latest information, of course, behind the scenes info as well as we talk about what's going on. Moving a little bit past free agency. Again, the big week last week, you saw the signings. You saw the moves being made. They're not done. Some teams are still going to do some things, but it was so fun and so active last week. Baldy, let's talk about the Panthers because um, I want to know what quarterback do you think, as of right now, this could change, is worthy of the number one pick by the Carolina Panthers? Well, you know, when they made the trade, they gave up an awful lot to go from nine to one. And I, I was an advocate of Chicago Ryan Poles going – the best trade partner in this whole deal is Carolina because they're going to give up the most because they got the most to travel. And by and large, Ryan Poles made the deal. Now he gets, you know, they lose DJ Moore, who's a really good player. I think he's the number one wide receiver. Um, You know, I'd love to see him, you know, with Justin Fields going forward. I think that's, that's really going to work out. But so you go all the way to one, you know, it's for quarterback and you go, okay, which one to your question, Carl? And you go, all right, Bryce Young, to me, is just the best pure passer. But we all know his frame is a concern. When he said he's the exact same size as Kyler Murray, I go, that's hard. It's hard to play the position at that size. And then, you know, he weighed 204, I think. Like, he didn't look 204 to me. Maybe he's pumped up. Maybe he's got, you know, rocks in the pocket. So all all that stuff. But um, regardless, that's a frame is a concern. So you go, all right. Is but Carolina's offense line is pretty good. Like I like what they did with Hickey and you know uh, all, all the guys up front. They they're, they're building a good group. Uh, they brought back Bozeman to play center and blah blah blah. But I, I feel like C.J. Stroud can throw the ball as well as anybody, and he's bigger. And if you watch him against Georgia in the national championship game, his mm-hmm. mobility was exactly what you need. Stepping up in the pocket, getting out of the pocket, extending a play. He showed a lot of what he hadn't had to show in many games prior to that. And so I feel like that was an audition for the first pick in the draft. So I I feel like C.J. Stroud, because of all of the measurables, the size, the arm strength, how he threw the ball at the combine, how he competed, we got to see what his pro day looks like. I want to see him run, Carl. Okay. I want to see Bryce Young run, you know, with these pro days. Because – I, look, I, you could say, okay, Kyler Murray didn't run. All right, we, we knew Kyler Murray was a blur. But I don't know what Bryce – is he a 4-5 guy? Is he a 4-6 guy? Is he a 4-4? I don't know. Is C.J. Stroud pedestrian 4-7? Like, I I, I kind of like to see what they are in, in le- and really compete all the way. And, you know, you're training for all these other things. They're training for speed. They're training for their starts. Like, let's see it. Like, I want to see, put it in the paper because I think if Bryce Young goes out and blows out a 4-4 if he ran, like, that might be enough, Carl, it to make be. the number one. The pro days for Ohio State and Alabama are this week. Um, you know, Carolina will be at both days because I, I always think you can always glean something from watching a quarterback throw a football or just yes. – and, and with Andrew Richardson's next week. Like, I just think no matter what you've seen on tape, and the tape doesn't lie, no. I just think some – you can always learn something about a quarterback, whether it's command, whether it's how they interact with people, people they don't know. Like, I just think you can learn personality. You can learn traits. 
you can see things that might make like live mechanically go. That's great. Like I can't work. I can't improve upon that. That's, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I just think all these teams are going to be at all these days this week and next week with Richardson. I think you can learn a lot, but I, I want to see Bryce Young and CJ Stroud run. I just want to know, like I've asked Kyler Murray, how fast are you, dude? Like I mean, he goes, probably I, I ran one forty by life. I ran the four two. He goes, that's all I'm doing. Like you know, like, okay, but we yeah. see it. We see it. You sure. know, we see his speed. So, but I don't know what Bryce Young. He's not a runner. You know, I want to see. Like, I think it makes a difference when you when you're trying to examine these guys. And maybe Carolina already knows that's why they made the move. I hope they've already decided, and they can't be because I think the worst thing is indecision. Yes, and then you get like all of a sudden. Bryce Young runs a 4-4, and you're like, I love C.J. Stroud, but I love that too. You know, like I hope they've already decided what they want. David Tepper signed off on it. This is what we're getting. We just want to make sure we get them. Like I hope there isn't – because you could be swayed by, you know, by some of these workouts and pro days and more interviews and meetings and stuff. I, I hope for Carolina's sake that they've decided who they want. Boldy, let me ask you this. Ohio State's wide receiving core is so damn good year in and year out. Okay. And um, uh, for example, Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr., right, goes out in the national championship game. Yeah. It changed the game. Yeah. Just changed the game. Yeah. Here's my concern with CJ Stroud. Some people said this about Justin, and I was a little biased for Justin because I saw the kid. I know his family here in Atlanta. I felt like he was going to develop it. If he went to the right team, he could he could be a, a star in the league. Mm-hmm. But we have this bias with Ohio State quarterbacks, Baldy, that they're, these guys are so damn wide open all the time that these guys, the quarterbacks, don't have to do as much. And so how much – You go back to that, Dwayne Haskins with it too. Exactly. I mean, exact same thing. So how much of that plays into what I see on tape, right? You see how, how guys, they're throwing the ball. These guys are throwing for 3,000 yards every season. It's no problem. They've got 35 to 40 touchdowns. And you go – is this the quarterback making these plays or is this scheme? And these guys, these, these why he's playing with NFL wide receivers, Bryce could, they could say the same thing about Bryce, you know, uh, at Alabama two seasons ago where he had two first round picks out wide. Is that Bryce or is that the system? How concerning is that? As you look at these guys, yeah, it's a concern, Carl. I mean, it's a, it's a really valid point. I wanted the same thing because, you know, in, in Ohio state, I mean, you've got two first round picks at offensive tackle. You got a center that's going to be taken in the second or third round. Like you got an NFL offense line in front of you. And so a lot of days, honestly, it looks like it's just point and shoot. Right. Point and shoot. Like that, it's like, okay, here's Njigba. You know, here's Marvin Harrison. You know, like this is this is what they throw to. And these guys, they like they all run in the four fours or four threes. Curtis Samuel, you go back, you know, I mean, it's it's unreal. Like just the the level of like, you know, you're going up against Indiana or you're going against I, you know, I'm not picking on these other teams, but yeah. like they just don't have guys that can stay with them. And until they get to those big playoff games against Alabama or Clemson, you know, where all of a sudden you 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 know you you got to be a little bit better that day. I think it's a real concern, Carl, and it's something that you have to consider because nobody's that wide open in the NFL. We know that. Uh, the windows are just that much tighter. The decision making has to be that much sharper, quicker. And so it's a concern. It, it is a concern. And you just wonder, like, why isn't, you know, okay, maybe Mac Jones becomes, you know, perennial Pro Bowl player. Um, 
But there's not many of these guys that have come out of these programs where, you know, they've become elite NFL players. And it's, it, it is a real, real concern. And I don't know how – everybody looks at these quarterbacks a little bit different. There's no just unanimous way to evaluate them because we keep missing at the highest spots. We keep missing, and Brock Purdy comes in and plays like the number one pick. Exactly. You know, so we obviously are looking at a lot of the wrong things and a lot of the things that you're talking about, Carl. Yeah, the Purdy thing, I look at that as a guy, you know, you, you play a lot of games in college. You play on a less talented team than a lot of the teams you may play against. And there's more pressure on you to make plays at that position. And, and that's kind of how I look at Purdy, right? So then you come into the NFL and you're more ready. I don't know if anybody's ever ready, but you're more ready than some of the other guys that th that didn't apply to. Oh. I mean, that, that, that if I go to Alabama, and, and again, you're right, Baldy, if I go to Ohio State, I know that there are multiple five stars around me, right? And it makes my life and my job a lot easier. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, Purdy, oh, he's at Iowa State. They're battling every Saturday. He's got to put the throws and make the throws. And I think that stuff matters when you get to the league. And that's maybe why he wasn't afraid of the moment this year when we saw him play. I mean, that's the well, only thing I can think about. No, but listen, Carl. I mean, he, he started 47 games at Iowa State. I know Matt Campbell pretty well. I think I did Brock Purdy's first start. Like he was a highly recruited kid out of Arizona. Sat maybe the first three or four games, and they put him in, you know, against Kansas or somebody, whatever. Like, you know, they gave him a chance. But you – I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't think Iowa State's had a receiver drafted, you know. That, uh, that's my point. They had Brees Hall to hand off to for yes. a couple of years. But, yes, and if you look at TCU right now with the quarterback coming out there – who's been benched and, you know, all this stuff. Like, he started 43 games. And, he, yes, he, you know, like, Quentin Johnson is the real deal. And, you know, Darius is a good player. Like, they've had some good players there. But I, I think some of these other programs where you've got to, you know, it's like what coaching and com competition is all about. Like, okay, how are we going to win this game? All right, well, you know, I need – and so you see this stuff. Max Duggan, you know, goes out and he, he blows out a – you know, four five forty, and you go. I didn't know he had a four five forty, and he's faster than Russell Wilson. Yes, you know, coming out of college, and these guys played a lot of games, and they saw a lot of Saturday afternoons where they're the underdog, and they found a way to win the game. And sometimes that's more valuable than throwing to five star receivers. Baldy, let's talk about uh, the news from Cam Newton. I don't know what you think about Cam Newton. Here's what I think. I think at one point. We all knew that he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He was an MVP, took his team to the Super Bowl, number one overall pick. But where he currently is over the last few years, I don't know if Cam is washed. And Cam Newton is going to be throwing at Auburn's Pro Day. Um, I think it's today. Um, it and, and it's today. And Cam Newton is 33 years old, um, or 30, about to be 34. And the question is, Baldy, does he deserve another shot, especially what we've seen over the last couple of years? I just don't know what's not clicking. You know, Carolina, and you could say Carolina and Matt Rule were a mess when he went there and, you know, they were trying to figure out the quarterback stuff. But even with this shot with, with New England, you know, what happens? What, what went wrong? Why didn't he get another opportunity to be the guy? And Cam said, and I'm quoting him as he put this video out, randoms keep getting jobs <laughs> and he's talking about quarterbacks in the league. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he throws, let's just say he throws well today at Auburn. Okay. Does he get another shot? 
Does he deserve another shot? Well, typically, I mean, when you're the first pick in the draft, you basically get 10 years to prove that you can't play. And that's sort of, you know, that's kind of a negative. Yeah. But he's proved, obviously, he can play. Is he better than Gardner Minshew's backup or Taylor Heineke? All these guys, Andy Dalton, all these guys that are just on this carousel, you know, backing up Sam Darnold. Is he better than Sam Darnold? Yeah. I think he's better than all those guys I just mentioned. But there is, I I just wonder if he went in. First of all, I'm not sure that anybody's going to allow him to compete for the starting job, which might be sure. fair or not fair. But these teams that are, you know, if you're Atlanta and you brought him to Atlanta, could he beat out Des Ritter? Probably could. Right. But, or is he going to get that chance when they want to see what he can do at this age? Probably not. So then you go, okay, is Cam a good backup quarterback? I, I doubt it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I just, a guy that has been the MVP of the league, been in the Super Bowl, been to it's play hard. Out, it's hard. been a star, a real yeah. star in his right. business. Does he want to sit there and be the backup? Like, Danny Dalton is fine being the backup. Like, his day has come and gone. All right. We know what his playoff record is. He's a backup quarterback. And I think he's fine with it. You know, when he gets a chance to play wherever it's been, Dallas, all these different New Orleans, like, he's, he's played pretty good. But I just don't know if Cam would take that role very well. And would he work yeah, at that role? I don't know. And that's, you know, that that's a concern. And so, but I don't think that should preclude him from not getting a chance. Like, I yeah. know he's going to go out and throw the ball well today. I mean, his arm is going to be, but, you know, the injuries have caught up to him a little bit. Doesn't look quite as mobile. Um, you know, the accuracy, pinpoint accuracy has always been a little bit of an issue. Uh, he made up for it with unbelievable athleticism. And when he, 2015 was the MVP, there wasn't a more confident person in the league. Forget about player. He was the most confident person in the whole league. Like the things that he said I can do, he did. Running for 10 touchdowns and, you know, all the stuff that he did. Like that, but 2015 is a long time ago. Time ago. It is. So it is. I just feel like that's his spot right now. His starting days have come and gone. He just had two opportunities to go win a job, and he didn't do it. Right or wrong, you know, fair or not fair, sometimes that's just part of the industry. So I feel like that's where he's at right now. And maybe he could get like Marcus Mariota just got signed again. All right, Marcus played pretty good in Atlanta in that role that he played. We know some of the the failures at the end of games. You know, we all saw him. Um, some decisions, some interceptions, whatever. Um, but could Cam be Marcus Mariota right now and just go, I'll, I'll go to a team and back up Jalen Hurts. I'll back up Justin Fields. I'll, you know, and when the opportunity presents itself, let me go win a game for him or yeah. two games. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I The year he wins MVP, I think he threw 35 touchdowns and ran for 10 and accounted yeah. for like 45 or 46. It, you yeah. know, you're right, but it is a long time ago. We will see where that shakes out. Before we get out of here, Baldy, I want to ask you about the running back carousel. It's Carl Dukes. Brian Baldinger, Jason Lockham for are part of this podcast as well, guys. We put new episodes out on Tuesday and Thursday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We talk all things NFL all the time. And as we lead up to the draft, we'll be putting out more information and snippets and things of that nature yeah. um, as we get closer. All right. Big story in the running back market. Austin Eckler is looking for a trade from the Chargers. I want to know what you think, what that looks like for him. But while we're talking about running backs, let's just lay this out. 
Jamal Williams signs with the Saints after playing last season with Detroit. I like the move. He says that the offer the, the uh, Lions offered him was disrespectful. Williams gets three years, $12 million from the Saints, $8 million guaranteed. He got $3.75 million last year from the Lions. Then you took uh, you take a look. The Lions gave three years, $18 million to David Montgomery. So you've got this running back carousel thing going on. And then now Austin Eckler saying, hey, I want to trade. Where's he going? Good question. I mean, Rashad Penny leaves uh, Seattle, goes to Philadelphia. Um, you know, with the injury histories, David Montgomery was hurt at the end of the year last year. I mean, look, all, here, here's what I would tell Austin Eckler. And I love Austin Eckler. And he's running back number one anywhere he goes, outside of a couple places. But Isaiah Pacheco is in the seventh round. I mean, you just look at these guys and where they're being drafted yeah. and the production that they're getting for them. Brees Hall was clearly the best running back uh, coming out of the draft last year, looked like it until the ACL went. I mean, B. John Robinson is going to be the first running back taken. The guy looks like a superstar. Uh, we saw him see Quan Barkley go down ACL, ankles. Like, it's just a tough position. It's a real now. Austin Eckler has been hit. Uh, his history, injury history, is like literally. There's there's not a there's not a single thing on on the chart. He's been unbelievable, but teams just aren't investing the type of money he's looking for and the type of guarantee he's looking for at that position. When they could just, I could find a running back, and there's a bunch of good ones in this draft. Um, you know, Gibbs at Alabama. I could go through a list of ten of them that are going to be taken somewhere between one and seventh round. And you could go get those backs. What I feel like in this carousel market in free agency was it took all these teams, Detroit, New Orleans, Philadelphia, out of the running back market early. They okay. may all draft the running back later on. But I, I feel like all these teams um, said, okay, early on, we don't have to take a running back. If we see somebody like Pacheco in the seventh round, Aaron Jones in the fifth round, if there's somebody else like that there, we'll, we'll, we'll go take them. But I, I just feel like, Austin Eckler is is he's not in reality in what that market is like the contract he's looking for the guarantee he's looking for yeah. as productive as he has been I don't believe that money's out there for him I don't either uh, and and we're seeing this I mean Saquon gets tagged you know it's not twenty five and yeah. I, I totally agree with you about where the marketplace well, is Tony right Pollard is the fourth round pick he's running back number one you know in Dallas right now he's a fourth round pick out of Memphis. Yes. You know, I mean, like you can find these guys, Carl. And look, how long? I mean, it's it's rare that these guys have a long shelf life. It just is. The injury history yeah. is is real, and it's not undervaluing the position. You still got to be able to run it. But the Eagles played four running backs last year, in addition to Jalen Hurts. You know, they just Boston Scott. You know, I mean, Gainwell. They just plugged and played different situations, parts of the game, finishing games, goal line. Like, they said different guys for different things. Doug Peterson will do the same thing in Jacksonville. Like, these guys are going to run it by committee. Yeah, and I and I think you're seeing that more and more around the NFL. Brian Baldinger, we got to get out of here, man. Always a pleasure. Yep. It is in the huddle, guys. We'll be back to talk about more things, and we'll see how some of these pro days go this week. And we'll be talking about that and what we were impressed by. Make sure you subscribe to In the Huddle wherever you get your podcast. Brian Baldinger, man, have a great day. We'll talk to you guys soon. See you, Carl.